0: Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
1: Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating and love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers! Cheers! Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And welcome to 51 First Dates, the podcast about dating, etc. We are so happy to be here and to have you here. And if you're new, welcome. If you found us through Molly Burke, that's great. We're so excited to have you. Uh, You could start at the beginning and hear about how I went on a bunch of dates or... Then how we recruited my younger brother to go on a bunch of dates. Or you could start more recently and hear Olivia, our regular dater, and all of her dating experiences. She'll be back next week. Um, And you could listen in between and hear experts, fun uh,
2: friends who come on and guest date for us for an episode or two episodes or a couple episodes. You can hear all the relationships we've spawned. No spoilers, but we've literally forced people To go on dates, and now they're happy in relationships. Yes, we love
1: pretending like we've cracked the code to finding a relationship. Um, though, you know that is not true. Um, here's the one spoiler: (laughs) our code is just lols. Go on dates. (laughs) Yep, go on dates. Um, Pick a number. Do it. Do it. But uh, we're thrilled you're here.
2: We are. Um, yeah, we've been an ex a dating experiment turned podcast for the last couple years. Uh, and today we are going to just do like a rare solo episode with me and Kimmy. We're going to talk about happiness in dating. Um, mm-hmm. we're going to read a bunch of posts from our secret Facebook group. We are going to read some emails from listeners. We're going to answer some questions. We're going to talk about happiness, et cetera. And what else we're, are we going to do?
1: We're going to have Date 13 come on and give a little unsolicited mail advice. Um, actually, Yay. solicited. Very solicited. Sorry. I like was like, please do this, please. So uh, he'll just give his take on one of our uh, secret Facebook group posts that we got permission to read on the pod. And I just want to be real official today. Follow us at dates pod on Instagram. I guess we have a Twitter. We've been using that recently. Uh, you know, join the secret Facebook group. Uh, it's just typing in the search bar "51 First Dates Secret Facebook Group." Tell your friends, tag us in an Instagram story, and send in Read, your subscribe worst- review on Apple Podcasts. That really, really helps
2: us. If you like us, give us a shout. Give us some stars. Um, I totally interrupted you. I love but it. You are- <laughs>
1: You know, I got excited. The thing is, we're we're not together in the same room, which is deeply sad. And the way I'm positioned right now recording because I'm trying to have better sound quality in my apartment means that Liza can't even see my face. But we're going to do it. We're going to, you know, make it happen. Pretend like we're together in person hanging out. And, you know, but... I think we need to tell everyone that Kimmy is in her closet yeah,
3: and I you're so. wearing
2: a black t-shirt. So right now you literally look like floating arms and a floating neck to me. I'm going to take a screenshot and I'll post it in the secret Facebook group when this episode
1: comes I Do you know it's fucked up? I was just like, let me please make my arms look skinny. Like they're so chunky right now, which is a terrible way. Don't ever talk to yourself the way I talk to myself. It's no, just, none of that. I'm literally positioning them funky because I'm embarrassed. You look uh, great. Thanks, you know. <laughs>
2: Um, all, all your arms and your neck. Look all great. my arms and my neck.
1: You know what else um, we're going to do today around the themes of happiness in or and dating? It's kind of like sex and the city that people always say sex in the city. I feel like it can go both ways. Happiness and happiness in dating. They are, you know, difficult things to put together. We know that. But we're also going to talk about how to find a therapist. We said we would do this. Liza reminded me. We talk about the therapist we both saw and see. A lot and we've had people request um that we share her name, which unfortunately we can't do. Um, but we can give you some resources. So we're gonna get into that a little yes. bit today
2: as well. Yes, and talk a little bit about what you should be looking for, how you should be figuring it out and different ways that you can potentially make it affordable, like in a non sponsored, just this is purely from us way. Yes. Um, the other thing we're absolutely gonna do, like potentially ASAP is our first annual
1: 2020 five minute bachelor recap. I know. You know, it's just it's gotta happen. I'm sorry. We're we're gonna have Justine on from Two Black Girls One Rose again soon. I know we keep teasing this because I'm just genuinely so excited and I'm like, if I continue to say it, we will find that date and make it happen. But, you know, this is not, not, I repeat, not a bachelor podcast. However, this wild show about dating happens to be on, so we've gotta do our five minutes. If you don't like this, skip five minutes ahead. It's... Skip five minutes ahead, and well,
2: I'll tell you when to skip five minutes ahead. I'll go one, two, three, go. But I'm gonna explain for new listeners. So we found ourselves last year going on these long Bachelor, Bachelorette rants on the podcast. So we decided, like, because we're not a Bachelor franchise podcast, we have to set a five minute timer. So that's what we are talking about. Um, I'm. Do you want to set the timer,
1: Kimmy? Or should I am. I? It is already. My stopwatch is ready.
2: Okay. Uh, okay. So if you don't want to listen to this. Skip forward five minutes starting in three, two, one, go.
1: Okay. Can I just say it? Peter sucks. I'm sorry. Peter sucks. At me, whatever. He he is so upset that he can't make up his own mind. It is so frustrating. I'm tired of watching it. He's so whiny. Okay. That's like my rant, but. Uh, okay. I have
2: slightly different feelings around why Peter sucks. Slightly different. Sure. Yes. Mine no, please. are that I think essentially he is so boring. Like. It's killing me with his boringness. I think he seems like a nice guy. He doesn't seem like a bad person. I kind of root for him because he seems sweet. But I'm like, how are you such a potato? (laughs) He's such a potato. (laughs) No personality. Yeah, like no decision-making ability. Like, I don't even know who he wants. Like, I I don't know what he's interested in. How do you like Hannah Brown and Victoria P? And it's just very, I'm just not sure who he is and because of that who the hell
1: are you gonna date yeah i it's so like to try to bring it back to earth and our podcast and real dating he weirdly reminds me of the guys i was weirdly always afraid of and did date who are super nice but into every woman you know like not pure fuck boy but just like i'm so nice but i like i feel like peter is into every woman on the planet yeah and also like i love yes he has a job great truly being a pilot at his age who like i think his route is what new york to la or used to be it that's legit but it's the most interesting thing about him and now i understand why all the marketing was like attached to that and i find in the real world these you know cute guys who love every woman and have a job that's, like, kind of cool and impresses women. Like, it's just, uh, ooh, like, again, nothing is wrong with him. He's not a bad guy. But it reminds me of, like, the kind of guy in the real world I'd, like, think I was very attracted to and then be like, oh, God, this is, this is not right for me.
2: Yeah, it's very, uh, I think that, okay, A, with the pilot thing, how many times can he take a girl flying as a date? They've already done it, like, four times. I'm also it, like,
1: I, ugh. I've just, I, because of all the, the terrible news, sorry, to go yeah. dark. But I keep being like, I don't want to get in a tiny plane, like, after no. Kobe's helicopter crash, which is all, you know, sad. And this is really just, you're seeing my my anxiety brain spiral. But I don't, I'm, t- so many planes. It's making me no, nervous. I didn't like it. And, and I just, it cannot be his whole thing. There, that he loves his
2: family in a way that, honestly, maybe is a little creepy. You can at me. It's weird. There's something weird about the whole, like, intense family love. I love my family. Uh,
1: We're close. There's just – do you feel weird about that? I do. I do. And I think that, you know, my friend, just my friend from college, like, texted all of us, like, is anyone watching this Bachelor? I haven't seen this in years. This is – it's so bad. But she knows um, Natasha who's cool. I was like, thank God, you know, one of the she's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So Natasha, who I think is also the oldest, which is probably why I think she's cool as well. Um, yeah. And she's had like some pretty great one liners. But anyway, she was like, what is going on? Why does this man live with his family? And I was like, great point. I don't know why I was like, sure. Save Wait, money. You're a pilot. He lives with them. He, lives, he with them. lives with them. He lives with them. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't know that. Whoa. I mean, unless I'm totally misinformed. But no, yeah. I'm sure you're right. I just missed it.
2: I mean, I mean, I watch that show scrolling my phone, and sometimes like a little
1: high. So <laughs> I, I mean, is there know. any other way to watch that show, <laughs> especially when they're like two hours and seven different episodes a week or whatever's happening? But you know, yeah, we're actually How doing much a good time job. Do we have left. We it's on only clock. been three minutes and thirty six <gasps> seconds, which you know oh why? God. It's because he's so boring. We have never <laughs> <And> okay. <I'd, sighs> but here is my last point,
2: and this is a thing where I may get added. I think, and tell me if you agree. Because I think the producers knew he was boring. And because of that, I think they cast extra. I hate using the term crazy about women, but these are reality TV characters. And I use it about men and whatever. And I think they cast super, super nuts. Yeah. Like, I think they brought in a lot of people who they knew were going to bring so much drama. And are probably producing these women for more drama, manipulating them extra hard, fucking with them, more alcohol, less food, like all the sh- things that we know that they do on this franchise.
1: Like yep. the champagne I gate am- is a great example. They were Ugh. there's no way they weren't like, go drink that champagne bottle. Sure, it's for you, you know, or the fucking chase rice concert
2: that was so weird and dark and mean and fucked up for all of them yeah and like look i know victoria f is a villain and she's some there's some weird horrible things about her online and not like i'm wishing her well or in this life but it just was like (laughs) i feel bad for him i feel bad for chase i was like this is so manipulative and weird
1: yeah it feels like unreal which is the the scripted show about the bachelor that I that I watched before I had ever watched a complete season of The Bachelor, and then tuned into the end of Rachel Lindsay's season, and it feels like we're seeing that show unreal like what the pretty we're seeing. It's more obvious that maybe they're doing that. Oh my gosh, it's five minutes and fourteen seconds. Oh. Sorry, welcome back. We're back. Hi, we're back.
2: <laughs> we're back. We're back. We're back, guys. We will be popping in with these batch recaps. Basically, every time it's a me and Kimmy episode or me, Kimmy and Olivia when we have yeah. a guest, we will we'll spare the guest. We will. Unless we, we do will. an intro for them. What I'm saying is, you will always have the option to fast forward past it.
1: it. But speaking of, you know, happiness in dating, I don't think there would be any happiness for me if I were dating via the Bachelor franchise. Like, no. I, truly none. No joy. But no. And when I see a cool girl on there, I'm like, what are you doing?
2: Like Natasha or Le- yeah. or I like Lexi this season. She seems kind of real.
1: Yeah. And Alexa, who's no longer there. But yeah,
2: she was you know. fucking cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway, we <laughs> always go a little bit over. It, and and yet here we are. OK, so guys, I kind of force this happiness and dating theme for two reasons. One, I feel like there's a lot. In the secret Facebook group, we get so many emails about people who are going on more dates, who are being intentional about dating, but who are still struggling or meeting people who are not matches or feeling lonely or feeling anxious or, you know, all of these feelings. And I just think it is important to recognize, you know, happiness is difficult if you're dating or not dating. Happiness in life is difficult. The second reason I force this theme is because I am in a science of happiness and life design class in... My grad program, which is interesting because I'm not in a psych program, but it's been such a cool class taught by this amazing professor who is so smart and just is giving us all these different assignments that are kind of akin to what you might do in therapy, actually. But they've just been they've been so helpful. I talked a little bit about the digital detox. I talked about I think that's maybe it. Did I just talk about my digital detox?
2: Yeah, I think so. But it's funny because when you talked about that, I was like, I was really like, oh, my gosh, I want to do this. I want to try to incorporate this. And so I've been doing a crazy thing, which I truly believe has massively increased my happiness, which is Jeff and I made a no phones in bed rule. Mm, It's so smart. I bought a $10 digital alarm clock on Amazon and that's it. No phones, basically like no phones in the bedroom. And I swear to God, I am sleeping better. I'm like less anxious. It's been real it's I I've I've been in a long relationship with like trying to break my falling asleep to TV habit. But w- like waking up and not immediately looking at my phone and and like I try not to look at it for like half an hour after I wake up. It is it makes my brain feel so much
1: less noisy. Yes. I do feel like the the no phones thing, just whatever whatever parameter you want to set for yourself. And I honestly haven't done a good job since my digital detox. So let me just, you know, refresh us all, but also myself. Um, The digital detox I did was a six-hour, no screens of any kind. I ended up planning a hike with friends, and we ran into Reese Witherspoon because we accidentally asked Ava Phillippe for directions. So, like, you know, had we had our Google Maps, we maybe would have not run into Reese Witherspoon, but that's besides the point. We also, like, just had a really good time at lunch with no phones we played settlers of catan we all learned like it was just like such an afternoon of actually engaging with friends and i found i was very happy then the next thing we had to do was track our time every half hour and our level of happiness for 2 weeks in like an excel sheet so i know it sounds wild and you don't have to do it every half hour you know you can update it throughout the day Looking back at those two weeks, I was a lot happier when I was around other people and being social, not at big parties, but like interacting with other humans. And even if you're like, well, I'm an introvert, that wouldn't happen for me. The research actually says otherwise, that we genuinely are as a whole, as humans generally, all these different really scientific studies, we are happier usually when we're interacting and around other people, which like, so even when you're, you know, We kind of in class, I was telling some of us were like, No, in New York, you don't want someone to talk to you on the subway. What are you talking about? But it's all these studies they've done have proven like just even little interactions, like with your barista, anything, it improves moods. Human connection improves moods. So that's like another little finding I had. So even though dating sucks, if you can like frame it in that way. And then can I just tell you all my assignments? Sorry, because I'm genuinely like, if you want to. Do these once a week, like I think it's been so helpful. We had to. I want to know. I'm all about this. I swear to
2: God, your digital detox pep talk, it was was. I don't. Life changing sounds
1: dramatic, but no phones in bed has been life changing. It's been like a week and a half. Yep. I think I know. I think that's hugely valuable. And then last week we wrote a gratitude letter. So that was writing. I I ended up picking date thirteen because. I feel like I don't, we don't like write each other cards and shit. I've never really written my feelings to him. And I just Mm. thanked him and it felt really good. Um, And then you you have to deliver it. And like, it's really scary. Like, she was like, if you have the balls, read it to them over the phone. So I, it was just, you can pick anyone in your life too. Like, I don't know. That was interesting. Doing the gratitude letter thing. And then what else did we do? Mm, mm, why am I blinking? Well, this week it's more exercise and more sleep. So it's all like one week at a time. It's the best homework ever. And then you write a reflection on it. And it's so, it sounds too good to be true for like, you know, I'm in business school. So it's supposed to be numbers. But it's, it, this is just, it's been truly life changing. That's so dramatic. But I've just felt really good. I'll just say that. Just Not like all. focusing on but happiness. I- yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that I, I'm about to do a, a real like 51 First states move, which is recommend a book that I haven't read. <laughs> but it's like a book that's been on my reading list for a while. And I think it's called like The Art of Doing Nothing or The Science of Doing Nothing. Um, And I think that, you know, whatever, it's everything's So, like I said, noisy right now, we're surrounded by noise all the time. It can be hard to connect with people, It can be hard to connect with yourself. So I think. I've really noticed my happiness goes down when I'm too flooded with stimulation, like Mm -hmm. digitally and otherwise. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think it's really good and smart to to think about these things. And I swear we're going to relate it to dating soon. But like this is a good, I think, base layer of like in general, it's I feel like it does take a little bit of work and intention now to clear space and notice when you're feeling happy and when you're not feeling happy. Yep what you need and what you don't need yeah what's helping you and what's not helping you etc and just knowing this is what a lot of what i talk about in therapy
1: yeah just knowing what happiness is like the things including the relationship you know yes connection whether it's with friends or in a relationship by some studies does make you happier but like marriage is not proven to make people happier and that could also sound obvious but the things true love money Perfect job. All these things we think will make us happy actually don't make us as happy as we think they will. And I just think even starting to think about that could, I I don't know, help reframe some dating thinking. It's helping me reframe some life thinking right now. Totally. I also had to do acts of kindness, one for a stranger and one for someone in my life. Like random act. That was another. That feels good. It feels yeah. good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Totally. And I think that in what you're talking about earlier with connection – Like, I think weirdly this lines up with a lot of the stuff we hawk at people all the time, which is just try to go on a date and connect with another human. Mm -hmm. It's so simple and obviously it's way easier said than done. But if you can be with someone and focus on. If you guys are connecting as human beings and not any of the other stuff of like, is he gonna call? Is he gonna text? Is he this? Is it that? How am I too old to have never been in a serious relationship? Am I in serious relationships too often? Like if you can like clear out all that and focus on the connection, like I think that's the I don't know, a way to try to maintain happiness
1: in dating. Yeah, yeah. And it's really hard. Okay. So let's get into it. Should we read a Yeah. A thing. You want to read the first one? I shall when I pull it up. I love the opening to this. Hi, period. Hello, period. SOS, period. So I've been dating this guy for a couple months, and we are about to take a weekend trip out of town together, a.k.a. things are going okay. We were both talking about wanting to see the Strokes show in Atlanta in May, to which he replied, May is far. I asked what he meant, and he said, we don't know where we'll be at in May. On one hand, I agree with him, but on the other hand, I'm like... All caps. Oh, okay. He def wants to break up. Should I tell my anxiety to shut up and not give this any more thought? Or should I take this as a sign to put back up my quite sturdy personal Berlin wall? Context. First actual adult relationship. very content slash confident being single. So this whole another human has the power to impact my mood slash thoughts is both the uncomfortable and confusing. Thank you in advance for me and my frenemy. Anxiety. Peace sign. Mm. I've never related (laughs) to something where I'm not nearly as funny and like cool as this person I don't go to strokes shows but I feel everything in that so I mean anxiety is tricky yes and this is also
2: a tricky thing because I feel like when you are in early dating like let's say under six months and you feel happy it's so many good feelings like you're and you're just like whatever you're having a good time you're like having sex a lot you're like your dopamine rushes are crazy right mm-hmm. It, your brain is like exploding with with hormones uh and I think it's really, really hard uh, the the planning stuff in advance when you're in early stages of dating or haven't really like haven't really defined the relationship is so tricky, yeah, it's always anxiety I, i'm just I'm just trying to validate that like every relationship I've been in this has provoked extreme anxiety for me
1: i mean it even does when you're you know further along in a relationship and it's like thinking about your future or children or where you want to live but i think to like her question and and i will spoil this by saying a lot of the feedback on the secret facebook group post were like it sounds like he's into you he's just like saying the reality of it especially the the way he replied he was like well may is far and then she like Asked again, what does he mean? And he was like, well, we just don't know where we'll be at. I don't think it's like, I don't think, I think he, okay, if I were in his shoes, I would be kind of nervous to be so presumptuous that the other person would still want to be with me then, especially if it's a new relationship. Uh, Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily a big red flag. And it it sounds like the interaction wasn't, could have happened in a different, more like, uh uh-oh way. But this felt more positive to me.
2: I think it's honest, Mm -hmm. which I like, you know, like, I think it's someone telling the truth, which is better than someone, you know, doing something to please you or pulling back and being really weird. Like, I I can appreciate someone who just says it like he sees it. Um, Yeah, I I think it's I think it's. I agree. Like, I think it's fine. I think you have to just roll with it and be like, okay, you know what? That's true. We will see. You got to take it day by day, et yep.
1: cetera. And that I, being yeah. said... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think
2: also that being said, I, like, in the future, my advice for the situation, if if we had a magical time rewinder, would be to just buy the tickets, don't mention it to him, and then bring it up. In the at the end of April, yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, like I think you can, and then it can be a cute thing where you're like, "eh," I bought the tickets and figured we'd see. The thing and, here, yeah, because I think it's <sighs> asking those questions. I think can be a tricky thing. I think, I think that some people can see it as, um, as okay. Here's my thing: as a former commitment phobe, not that I'm proud of this, not that it's the right thing to do or the good thing to do. I, I could see myself getting, like, freaked out by someone trying to make plans too far in advance with me. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. It's not mentally healthy. Like, I'm trying to work on that. But I think to take out of the equation any weird feelings about it, you it's best to avoid things further than, like, a month out when you're in early
1: dating. But they're not in early dating. That's my one thing. This is, like, How actual relationship. Dating? Let's see. I guess they're early relationship. A couple months. But first actual adult relationship. So. Oh, so it's established. It's established. But I still agree with you. I think this is the tricky thing. Yeah. Early relationship. Like, I think we've already talked about this question in context of the not super defined thing. I used to use like upcoming events. I mean, the first time I ever got ghosted, I had like invited him to a concert. I had tickets for any, I had bought tickets for anyways, but like, you know, it, there's a thing you can do when you're trying to define something, when you buy tickets to something a month away and like you're not really official and you're trying to gauge things. That is way tricky. And like, I would say, yeah, don't do that because I did that and it never worked out. Just ask the person if they want to date you pretty much. But I think in this case, to, you know, here's the good sign you feeling to our, Our poster, you feeling like so comfortable that you're like, oh yeah, May. Well, and May is kind of far actually. It's only January, but like May, I I, sure we'll be together. You like this person. You really like this person. It sounds like you know you've already feel comfortable. You see it going there. But to be fair, yeah, just like this isn't a red flag. Just try to, I think, say fuck it to your anxiety. Like you know, take it a month at a time. Does that make sense? So then it's aligned with your no month, nothing a month out or more.
2: Yeah. I think that once, yeah, I think once you're past six months, you know, then you have some conversations and try to gauge, like, is this a thing? Are we feeling good about this? And... Then you have to I would say you can be less cautious, or at least you should you should know where you stand, right? Like I think knowing where you stand leads to less caution. Mm-hmm. And I think that under six months, it can be pretty hard to know where you stand, because I also think
1: you're still figuring it out. yeah, um yeah, after it, six months, like I mean, at a certain point you're going to have weddings to plan and like trips, and then it sucks if you break up in between, but like no one no one knows the future. Yes, yeah, totally. uh but yeah, I, I think you don't need
2: to feel. Anxious. But yes, I totally agree with Kimmy. The fact that you feel anxious, I think, is a sign that you like him and it can be kind of exciting and maybe a little bit of like something to in a weird way be happy about because you found someone you like and he likes you, too. And that's really good. And the anxiety is because you want you want something good to work to work out.
1: Yeah. So, you know, as always, we've given you just some light commentary. No solid advice. But, like, it sounds like you're happy.
2: Uh, I disagree. I think our advice is solid as fuck. We
1: had numbers. We had figures, facts and figures, months. I'm sorry. Your advice was solid. Mine was like, ooh, you're happy. But you are happy. No, was solid, too. I'm all about it. You know what? We get emails all the time that... Yeah. Thank you. I'm just going to say we gave you some fucking solid advice. You're right, Liza. I'm just going to own it. We get emails all the time. I'm like, you guys just like undercut yourselves after you say things all the time. So I'm trying to be better, you know, as a woman in 2020.
2: That is not science of happiness. I have no idea. <laughs> I have a theater degree. <laughs> okay. Should we do the next one? Okay. So here is a one that was a secret Facebook grouped and emailed in separate things, but I'm going to read the email. Okay. Hi, my question is about vetting people on dating apps. W- were there strategies you used? Meaning, after you connect and send a few messages, who do you decide to meet in real life versus who do you decide to pass on? Of course, I take into account photos, attractiveness, info in their bio, and how the messag- messaging back and forth is going. But I'm wondering if there's anything I'm missing. Do you feel like you get better at vetting people towards? T- did you feel like you get better? You got better at vetting people toward the end of the experiment. Did you find the quality of your da- first dates improved over time, or was it a mixed bag the whole time based on luck? I asked because I went on about 30-ish dates in 2019, and I'm glad that I put myself out there and did that, but none of them resulted in something lasting, and I was wondering if maybe in 2020 my goal could be to get better at vetting people. Are there any tips for this, or is it just pure chance?
1: I will start by saying, ultimately, I think the thesis of our podcast, or like me going on the dates and then ending up in a relationship, was like putting a pressure on so that I couldn't vet too much, to be quite honest. I actually don't think if I were vetting, like I think I was on to apps and vetting too much prior and that was getting in my way. We always say get on the date, you know, sooner. Don't message too much because that's what worked for me and I feel like has worked for other people. But all of that is to say we also don't, you don't go on a date just because, with someone you ha- you really didn't like messaging with or you don't you're not interested in it at all because then it starts to become kind of like not mean but just like a lit like if you're totally uninterested because of something that happened in the messages or like truly though I again I don't think I can't tell if I'm attracted to someone from the pictures on their dating profile there's another thing that happens in person for me if I went based on attractiveness only and looking back at those dates like I would have been way off on the dates that went well and didn't and I'm not saying this listener thinks it's attractiveness but even just on anything on the app I is just tricky because I personally think it's like oh this is the shittiest advice but it's maybe not so much about betting and just luck which I know is not fun I don't know Liza though take yeah take the other side if you want
2: Here's here's what I think. I, I think that. As we've talked about. Most dates that most first dates that you go on, I, I think from all the first dates we've talked about in years of this podcast, most of them are kind of like meh, you know, mm-hmm. like like we've talked about it being like a bell curve where you Get the rare, horrible one, the rare, amazing one. And then a lot of them are like that mountain in between mm-hmm. where they're kind of blah, but some fall on the better side. Some fall on the good, the worst side of the mountain. Um, so I think that is normal and usual and nothing to be concerned about. I would say that dating th- the way that we talk about dates and first dates and going on first dates I think you need to view it as way more about you and your process, your journey, et cetera, because i would I would wonder, and I'm again in no way meaning this to sound critical or anything because obviously I don't know you and you seem lovely, but I'm wondering if there is some kind of block you have or you're not allowing yourself to like bring walls down or there are things about dating that put you um in like a a closed off state Uh, if that's the case that's probably true for 95 percent of the world myself included so like it's not a judgmental thing oh yeah maybe
1: right here me too yeah I mean
2: that is why we started this podcast but I'm wondering if there's anything that you can do to look at how um how you're allowing yourself to be open on dates Mm -hmm. is there a way you can challenge yourself to like on every first date Ask them one question that kind of taps into, like, more emotional stuff. You know, I'm not saying you need to be like, tell me your deepest, like, darkest secret. But being like, oh, like, what's your relationship like with your family? Is it, you, you know, do you see them a lot? Where do they, like, like there's, an, I think there's easy ways to get into that stuff. Be like, oh, where are you from? Oh, what's your, your family still there? Do you see them a lot? Oh my God, do you love going home or do you hate it? Because I feel great about it sometimes and horrible about, you know. Like, is there a way you can push yourself to get to um, places of vulnerability and connection faster, even if it's uh, even if it's like lightly touching on that and not being like, so what's your relationship like with your mother? Like, even if you have to kind of mm-hmm. take first aid steps to get there, because I think it also can be really easy for first dates to always stay surface level. and And oh, yeah. I also think, unfortunately, a lot of the times... The onus falls on the woman to bring it to that next level because I don't think men are as great at talking
3: <laughs> a lot of the times.
2: <laughs> speaking really generally, I, th- I think women are better communicators, more emotional communicators. That's like our superpower and our gift and our strength. So I'm wondering if there's ways that you can set challenges for yourself on first dates to be like, I'm going to find out something personal about this guy or I'm going to reveal something about myself that um maybe I wouldn't normally on a first date or just try to find ways to deepen those initial connections and really focus on the connection um in in a first date that would be my feelings and I know that we just branched so far from what you were actually asking which is about vetting but the thing is I agree with Kimmy like I think a profile is just a means to get on a date and as long as everything is good on the profile like like the general kind of look of them all normal, no no red flags in the messaging and, you know, all of that, then I think it's, yeah, I, I think that's all the vetting you really can do.
1: Yeah, I feel like here's the good news is, yeah, we talk about going on a lot of dates. You've already done that part. You've already put yourself out there. You've already probably felt a little differently about dating, it sounds like, from what you wrote. Uh, so you kind of know what you're looking for, so there's no point in forcing yourself on a date a week or doing kind of the podcast version of these dates because you've already, you know, put yourself out in that way. So maybe the the vetting comes in if you really want a new way to vet. Maybe it's whether it's the first date or not. There's something, some pattern you recognize. Like for example, for me, it would have been prior to going on the dates. Like I had, you know been had trouble just letting go of a half relationshipy thing, and I, I, my bad habit was keeping things, trying to keep things alive for so far from when they should be. So for me, I guess uh, like a trip wire I could have set or a vetting wire, whatever that makes zero sense. But I could have maybe without the podcast, let's say I was still dating, I think what I would do is if he doesn't ask me out within, you know, the week of our little chat or he doesn't reply to my last message for maybe I'll just say like, no, or after a first date, if he doesn't reply to that text I send after the first date within a week, like just move on, you know, it's that would be based on my habit. So if you if there's something maybe around a type of behavior you've accepted that you no longer want to accept from the people you date. I think there's something you could set there. But also the good news is you, I know, and there are so many things we, you know, asked you guys if it was okay for us to read, and we can't read them all right now, but we will, about people being like, I'm 30, I'm X age, I've never been in a relationship, I am frustrated, I've gone on all these dates, this doesn't work, we're sorry. We, we don't. But I think here's the good news. Being in a relationship, back to happiness, it doesn't mean being in a relationship can make you happy. Being in the wrong relationship definitely doesn't make you happy. Just being in one at all doesn't mean you've like succeeded or achieved something. And you are not compromising. You're not taking it, you know, I don't think that, within 30 people you like I went on 32 dates of the 51 right and I think I got lucky I don't think within 30 people it's weird if you haven't met like your match I think you have a standard for connection that you're looking for and this is like a positive thing we we all know so many people in our lives who have settled in relationships just to be in one and so that's like again I'm pulling this so far away from your original question but I do think that there there's there's some like good good stuff there that you're not settling Also, last thought, go on more second dates. Maybe you're already doing that, but there's no way after my first date with my now boyfriend, I had no idea. I did not think, like, I learned so much about him later, and that made me love him. And I'm not saying you always, but we're so pro-second date, and if you haven't been doing that, that might be a helpful way. Because I honestly have, like, never really felt a giant spark on a first date, the more I think about this, other than physical attraction. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. That was event. No, we we went there. We took it there. But we please, like did. you know, email us email us back and let us know if um everything we said was just nonsense or no. no yeah. Now I'm doing it the undercutting thing. But keep in touch and let us know how you're how you're doing and what's what's happening. And um obviously like it's hard and yeah, I totally agree with you. Like you are doing the work, so give yourself props and sh- shit takes time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I know it sucks, but yeah. On that sh- note of everything sucking, um, we're gonna, we're we're going to take a quick ad break, and then we're going to be back with
1: a cameo from Day Thirteen, Day Thirteen, baby, and therapy tips <laughs> the, and that therapy won't tips. come from tip from him.
0: This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members.
1: talk to your local agent today okay we're back we're back with date 13 thank you for being here
3: oh thank you i'm (laughs) glad to be here
1: thank you
2: for i i feel weird thanking you for being here a because we're not in the same room and b because like but thank you for being here (laughs)
1: No, it's it's all weird. It's very weird, but you know, I,
2: don't, I mean, I don't think it's weird. Whatever. No, Everything it's just about beautiful in L.A. It's
3: like eighty degrees, and uh, you know, I'm sitting here in a closet with you guys. So, <laughs> Thanks.
2: L.O.L. Oops. Well, you're a hero. Uh, it's actually been Gray for three days in New York. So, <laughs> please enjoy the sun for me.
1: Well, I think the move because this is a cramped situation for recording because we are such professionals. We're going to read this post. We're going to get Tony's Two Cents. Ooh, this could be a new segment. Ooh. That's such a good segment title. Good segment. Someone write it All down. Right. He's not happy about that. Um, and then Liza <laughs> and I will discuss, you know, like we'll get his, his take and then we'll take it away. Okay? So that <laughs> we can be a That's more why it's Tony's Two Cents. Tony's Two Cents. You got 20 seconds, Tony. Okay. One
2: cent to give it that we just take it away. That's not what two cents means.
1: Anyway. Um, okay. So. I'm mulling over post oh sorry I already messed it up I'm so sorry to this listener so I've been mulling over posting about this for some time but here I am I've been dating my current boyfriend for six months now it's been great so far I've truly felt like I've been growing through this relationship coupled in with going to therapy yay therapy that being said this is also my first real relationship and also the most serious I've been with someone same Uh, The longer we date, the more and more anxious I keep getting about being hurt, getting hurt. It has nothing to do with what he's saying or doing. I just keep getting in my head and I just can't figure out how to get out of it. Adding on to this, I've never been in love. It sounds silly to ask, but how do you know when you're starting to fall in love with someone? What does it feel like? How long does it take? I literally feel like an idiot asking this, but I legitimately just haven't ever felt that way. And I'm getting so in my head about what's next in our relationship stages.
2: Oh, oh my God. First of all, this is the sweetest question. I I just, like, I really applaud your ability to be vulnerable and ask the things you don't know. And I wish I could do that as well and as eloquently.
3: No, I agree. I mean, I think the fact that she is already this vulnerable, I mean, I think it's kind of shows that she's already feeling that way, right? I mean, it's... um... I don't know if it's anything. I mean, I don't think it's like you know, love struck movie st- stuff. Is that's not how you really feel. It's just that you start to you know, generally start to care more and more about a person. And I think she's starting to feel that way. So, I think she's on the right path. I think the fact that she's being that vulnerable and you know, willing to reach out and not really knowing how she's feeling in new frontiers. I think she's kind of going down the path of, you know, loving someone.
1: Yeah, part of me feels like the anxiety about getting hurt is love, like the the anxiety about losing someone. And I feel like that's, you know, even going back to the very beginning of this podcast, I diagnosed myself but had talked about in therapy, like knowing before my mom passed that there was this potential other loss that was going to happen in my life kind of scared me away from wanting to attach to anyone else too much, especially a romantic relationship. And I think it is scary. That's the part of it that sucks. Falling in love is great, but it's... It's undeniably scary. Totally.
2: I think I think that my only meaningful addition to this is that I believe from being in your 20s and then into your early 30s, which is where we're at now, you see like all your friends, my friends from childhood, high school, college, adulthood, everything, well, not all of them, but I've seen many of them fall in love, get married, have babies, all this stuff. I think that falling in love feels differently depending on who you are. I think everyone falls in love in their own way. I have fallen in love with I'm like addicted to falling in love. And every time I meet someone, I'm like, well, I have a crush. And I literally like when we were younger, Kimmy used to like lightly tease me because I would have a crush. Someone would be like, well, I'm in love with him and everyone was like you're not but you know i i think that like it's very my personality to feel like lots of those feelings very early um and i think i'm having dinner tonight with my friend who just got engaged to her um now fiance who's like a wonderful wonderful human and uh she's more of like a thinker she likes she's very like analytical she thinks things through she's she's not like an emotional feelingsy Gemini youngest child like I am. And I think it looks really different for her. You know, so I think that it's okay for falling in, like, I think it's okay for falling in love to feel like however your version of that feels. And if that means, like, it's some anxiety and some tummy butterflies that are maybe more on the anxious side than on the, like, Disney princess side, which is maybe how you imagined it, that's fine. I think it can feel like anything. But the most important thing is, like, the fact that you're, you're making yourself vulnerable, like Tony said, and going to therapy, like you are definitely doing, I, I think, doing the right stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I guess the question, because we love to take questions and just morph them into our own, you know, therapy adjacent sessions, I forgot was like, how do you know when you're falling in love? And what do you think, Liza? Yeah. I don't know. Cause I for me, I really Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that what I just said is like, I think it just is, it feels different for everyone. And so you just have to trust yourself. But I think the fear of losing someone is a big thing. The idea that you can't, I was very worried when I started to realize like my life would be a lot worse if I lost this person. Yeah. That was a scary moment because it's very vulnerable. It's very like, oh shit, if you go away, I'm going to be different.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I think my life might to be, quite frank my first relationship it took me like three years and then it took like after the breakup to be like oh shit I actually like did love that person and it was only because of like that person left I was like all right now I know what that feels like and then the second time around third time around You know, it's like
1: he loves everyone.
3: No, no, no. I'm just saying like in like three significant relationships and just like after a while, it kind of you know what that feeling is and you know what you're looking for. So, I mean, I think it's, you know, trial and error, too, which kind of sucks. But it's just kind of the reality of, you know, dating and being in relationships.
2: Yeah. It's like everything. There's a learning curve.
1: And, you know, on that note, thank you for being here and talking about the other times you were in love. (laughs) Okay, super fun. No, thank you. Thank Thank you, Tony so talk about an experiment that was an experiment and apologies for the the wild sound quality friends but
2: yeah I think it's great I like I like our new segment I, I feel do like too. it's I feel like yeah Tony's advice is wise it's like yeah I, I think that like everything when you haven't done something it's harder than what it is and the idea that love is some like thing that you should just intuitively know all the way you're feeling I I think yeah that's not the way it works for for me yeah. it, it you know i i was the opposite of you i thought i was in love a bunch of times and i didn't really know what what it was
1: i think um, like you know my gut is like maybe you are in love because to me i always thought it would feel more like the infatuations and this like thing about winning that i felt i thought i was in love with other people who didn't love me back but there's something i noticed i think this being the first time I felt like I'm in love. It really just felt different. It felt really comfortable and also scary, but scary in a different way than like, is he going to text me back? Or Mm -hmm. it's just different. And I feel like just because, and again, maybe I'm projecting, but I relate so much to every single word that you wrote in that post. And I feel like that might be, you might be in love. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I also think what you say too about, let me go back to the post to make sure I'm not inventing this because I also love to invent th- things. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially because, like, usually before we record, you know, we'll read, like, a bunch of posts in a row and sometimes I'll mix up a couple of things because I'm not that uh, – my memory's not that great. We're old ladies. Um, We're, you know, 31. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, I think that if you are – you're saying, like – everything's been good so far and the things are not the things you're worried are not coming from him Mm -hmm. and I think that a good sign of like love starting to develop is when you can feel your worries are about being without the person and it's not because of what the other person is doing like I think a person giving you only green flags like treating you well like not no anxiety over how they feel about you no mind games like all of those things being gone and you genuinely not worrying that the other person is going to um the other person is going to like do something wrong to you I think that's like knowing when the anxiety comes from you versus that it comes from them I think is a good sign too
1: Oh my God, Liza, ding, 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 you nailed it on the head. You just... Oh my God, did I? Yes, 100%. I just said that and was like, that didn't make sense. No, I... (laughs) This was the first time the anxiety was only coming from me, you know, in this relationship and not from the other person.
2: Yeah. 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 That was a big thing for me too Yep. in realizing, like, because I had super strong feelings for Jeff from the beginning. But Mm -hmm. as I've said, like, I think part of the reason I can keep relationships at arm's length... Is because I am such a like love addict, whatever. Like I think, weirdly counterintuitively, I know how hard I can fall, so I keep myself safe a little bit mm-hmm. in early relationships. Um, and in this one, I realized like, oh, I'm keeping myself safe from it from nothing from someone who's not going to hurt me. It's if I felt like I was wearing floaties or swimmies in like an empty pool you know (laughs) i was like i was like what's the point of
1: this swimmies in an empty pool it's like an autobiography title the debut album (laughs) or an album yeah god no that would be the worst it's like a youtube channel it's like a challenge it's like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah literally
2: stand in an empty pool with swimmies um Um, but anyway you seem like a true gem
1: can can i yes i agree you seem like a true gem can i talk briefly about a gem Trend that I saw on the internet and brought me some happiness. Yes, always. You have to Google it. I don't remember his name, but there is a kid who went viral because (laughs) he like rates like hardcore, like reviews the Shirley Temples at like the local restaurants in his neighborhood. And it is so balls. Like, it is like this Applebee's, too much 7-Up, too, like, it's just, like, pure, and find it, it's just, like, he, like, tears these Shirley Temples apart, but it's fucking funny, and uh, find it. That's anyway. adorable. Speaking about, you know, trends on the internet. That's really, really cute. Um, Okay, so now we are shifting to our, are we going to do our therapy stuff now? We're going to do our therapy stuff, and then we'll close out, and we'll be back. We bleh, 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 bleh. we will be back next week with Olivia, just in time to like gear up for you know Valentine's Day Ooh, and Valentine's Day Valentine's Day, Day. well Valentine's we'll, Day we'll deal with all those feelings next week. But like you know, kind of on that note, let's talk therapy, Liza. How do we want to start this? Tell okay everybody. So what to do? <laughs> so if you're a longtime
2: listener, you know this. If you're a new listener, we talk about therapy a lot. Kimmy and I saw the same therapist. We made a web series about it back in the day, Ugh. Get closing in on 10 years ago. Or no, not that long, but it's been a while. Um, and we saw the same therapist accidentally. We were in an acting class and the teacher referred us to someone who both referred us to the same therapist. It was so weird and accidental. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't find out about it for a while. so. A, like that's, we don't recommend that, you, sh- you know,
1: yes. Uh, but <laughs> we don't recommend acting in general. We don't. Acting. Like, you know, ref- making a web series no, it's very expensive and <laughs> doesn't do anything for your career. No, just kidding. None of
2: it. But um what I will say is that, like, I think Kimmy and I both feel that therapy's changed our whole life. Mm-hmm. um And we know all the reasons not to do it. It's inconvenient. It's expensive. It's a lot of things. But we're going to list just like a couple reasons, a couple ways that you may be able to incorporate it into your life and ways to find a therapist. We've had people ask us if we can refer them to our therapist and we wish we could, but it's a little bit tricky and conflict of interest. So we are going to talk a little bit about some ways you can find a therapist and some ways to potentially make it more affordable. And like this is not branded. It's just it's just yeah. us telling you our thoughts about it. Um. So, so do you want to I can off?
1: jump in? Yeah, I'll, I'll just So first and foremost, if. Like And again, it's because she's lovely. But if you're looking for the kind of therapy we've talked about, we see an lcsw so a licensed clinical social worker and she is like a youngian therapist so that means a lot of our she did a ton of training and a lot of the therapy we do is not like her asking us questions especially at the beginning liza you know correct me if i'm wrong but it's just like coming in and starting to talk so that's very different than like cognitive behavioral therapy where you might go and work on something specific for like nine to twelve months um yeah so cognitive
2: behavioral, behavioral therapy is something that you would do if you're trying to be like, I have a crippling fear of um, flying or enclosed spaces mm-hmm. or like it's very kind of results oriented and focus based. It's a, it's a great thing. And I know people who have done that um, and had really great results with it. So if that's more of what you're looking for, that's a good way, place to look.
1: Yeah. It's funny because I think a lot of the exercise I'm doing, exercises I'm doing in my happiness class actually are in some type of therapy. I don't know which type, but... I've heard that from friends. Like, oh, I've done this with my therapist, quite literally. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Oh, also, we should briefly state that we are not mental health experts. We're not doctors. We have no degrees in this. Oh, my gosh. We are just therapy enthusiasts who are talking about what's worked for us and what hasn't worked for us and ways you can find a therapist that might work for you.
1: And, you know, I'm frankly embarrassed because we have therapists who listen to this podcast and we may be totally blowing, like, the definition of some things. So, please, yeah, just doing, I think just, like, hearing, start, start Googling around it, like, And do ask friends. You know, we are your friends, but we can't give a recommendation. But, like, your friends in real life, they might be more open. Some therapists don't mind seeing people who... Seeing friends, you know, or yeah. they can recommend you. Do ask people in your life. I yes. I think that's a good way to start. Totally, uh, and
2: I think it's a great exercise to start talking about therapy without shame. Like I talk, obviously, yep. I talk about therapy on the internet. I talk about therapy all the time. I talk about it to my friends, my family, at work. I mean, this is not for everyone, and not for every workplace. But at work, I'll say, oh, I have to leave it at this time and have my therapy appointment tonight. Like I try to make it. I Again, I know I live in New York and it's. I, I work in a creative industry and it's fine, but. Uh, and that's not the case for everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that destigmatizing it, even to yourself, can be really positive. But I will say that asking friends, talking about it more, saying you want to go to therapy, will sometimes have uh, invite friends who don't talk about it to open up about it. Mm-hmm. And if you can find a friend who loves their therapist, get the therapist number. And call and see if they can give you a referral. That's how I've had a bunch of friends get referrals through my therapist, including Jeff, my boyfriend, who has a therapist he loves. So referrals from friends who already love their therapist, I think, are a great first resource. Yeah.
1: And also just, you know, educate yourselves because we're not experts. But like, are you looking like, for example, a licensed clinical social worker who we see when I had, you know, was having a hard time, if I needed to go on antidepressants, which I ended up not doing, she couldn't prescribe me them, but she would refer me to a nurse practitioner. Whereas if you go to a psychologist or psychiatrist, you can psychiatrist oh this is why i shouldn't be but just to say like just there's so many different types of therapy and levels of therapy out there and different things you'll need so just like educating myself on all of that which i clearly need to re-up on that (laughs) was also helpful like just to understand what i was looking for like what you know um additionally just there are databases like our therapist is online it's like psychology today or psychology.com it shows what they specialize in. You can think about the gender you want, if that's important to you or not, or someone who could like specialize in something that you're dealing with, like, you know, eating disorders or I'm, again, just – it's just – there's a lot of information actually out there. It's annoying to have to kind of do the work on your own, but you can start to feel out just what the options are, what you're looking for. And then, yes. Liza, tell us about – you because you've seen other therapists too – And we both started with our therapist when she was newer out of school and had a sliding scale, which changes over time depending on the therapist as they get more experienced and have more clients. But there are affordable ways to find therapists as hard as it seems.
2: So here's what I will say about affordability. Obviously, like the biggest deterrent to people going to therapy is the cost. It still is for me. Um, For a lot of years when I was kind of building up my career, I could not afford to see the therapist that I see now. Um, And I went to see student therapists. And Mm -hmm. I had mixed, I will be totally honest, I had mixed experiences with them. I had one that was really, really great. I had one that was okay. I didn't have any bad ones. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't ever like a bad experience, but uh, students in their final year need to do like a clinical rotation where they see therapy patients. So look for a school or a training program in your city or area. Call them, get some info I paid like thirty bucks a session, I think, which is really affordable. Mm-hmm. Also, you can absolutely investigate BetterHelp; they are like one of our sponsors, but I think that's affordable. And this is not a sponsored segment at all. Yeah, no. But I think it's an afford. It's a it's a good entry point. I think it's affordable. You can set it up today. Like, there's a lot of things about that that are, uh, very. Uh, accessible, which I think is a big problem with therapists. I also want to recommend one more thing for listeners who live in New York City, um, non-sponsored. But I, I found out about um, this site because an alumna of my school started it. Um, and I think it's very cool. It's a website called MyWellBeing.com. And uh, it's a it's a site where you go on. It's a completely free service. And you go on, take a, a questionnaire and um, you fill in everything about like what you are looking for in a therapist, gender, location, your insurance info, everything. and they will send you personalized therapist recommendations. It's only in the New York City area, but it's a really cool company started by like a, a young woman. I think they're trying to grow. I've had two friends find their therapist through this. Um, site that accept their insurance and they're having really good experiences with them. So if you're in New York City, please check that out. It's mywellbeing.com. Um, so that's a resource for here.
1: And if you're and- in school right now, just even as a grad student, like I've realized there are these resources if you're on your school's insurance that where therapy can be free. So it might take a little more time to and that maybe it might not. Clearly, I haven't gone. It's my big you know, resolution to go back this year. But I think that is a good place to look to if you are in school right now. Yeah.
2: And the last thing I'm going to say briefly is that this is something that I did when I was looking for a student therapist, I think. But I've had a couple of friends looking for therapists who have done a almost like a first dating process with therapists. It costs money. It's annoying. Um, but I think if you are looking for, like, how do I find out if I like a therapist, um, one of my closest friends who was interested in going to therapy, it made three appointments over the course of three weeks with three different therapists. And she chose her favorite at the end of that. And I think it's, it's like a game show or like a dating game show or something. Wait. But I think it was a really powerful process because if you only see one therapist, you can kind of be like, do I like him? Do I feel chemistry? Do I feel comfortable? Mm-hmm. Do I like whatever? Like it's the same exact thing we say about dating. A little bit of volume, I think, helps. It is annoying because it's not cheap, but if you have, you know, out of network benefits on your insurance, you can get reimbursed. Like there's a lot of things that you can do. You can also ask if a therapist would be willing to talk to you on the phone for like 15 to 20 minutes and you can ask about their process. Like I think you can see it as you're interviewing them a little bit. So when you reach out a therapist, be like, Yeah, I'm wondering. If you could hop on the phone with me and talk to me a little bit about the way you like to work. And then just ask them questions. Try to feel out if you like their vibe. It's not that dissimilar from making a new friend or going on a date. Just like, do I feel comfortable talking to you? It's like, and I will say, I've talked to a lot of therapists like doing this process. And when I did it like in my interim time. And you can tell, I think pretty quickly, ones that you feel like there's a little bit more of a vibe with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what you're looking for style-wise, and you can be honest if you have that phone call with a therapist, being like, you know, I don't. If you is your scale sliding, or do you know someone who's is? I, they can help you too. Uh, I just said wait and interrupted you before because I do want to watch this reality TV show where we watch therapists match with patients. Uh, that's all dark, but I would watch it. And Liza, can you just tell people how you find a student therapist? Yes. So. I would just look for
2: school uh, therapy, schools and programs in your area. Um, I think I literally Googled student therapist New York and and I live in New York. I will tell you that in New York, I went to something called PPSC and I don't remember what it stands for, but it was in the Union Square area and I saw a student therapist there who was great. Um, but I think you can also call um, universities or colleges who have psychology graduate programs and ask them if they have clinical Um, student like student clinics um, Mm -hmm. you know do a little googling about uh, schools near you
1: yep and you know therapy is is great we yes we love it i need to go back and we love you and send your worst first dates to buy one first dates spot at gmail.com send your questions juicy thoughts we will keep reading all of these things we will be back next week to shit all over valentine's day and we (laughs) love you thank you for rating and reviewing and subscribing it matters i know it's annoying but if you haven't done it and you want to do it we would be very grateful and have a great rest of your day morning night whatever and go on a
2: date go on a date